Shannon and Scott. Welcome to Song Salad with Shannon and Scott. I'm Shannon. And I'm Six Scott. And together we're, we're Shannon si- and Shannon Six and Scott. Six Scott. It's not a, not a happy time. No. It's also not nearly as catchy as Shannon and Scott. Nope. Not at all. Uh, first order of business, we got a new review. Uh, our new review was by Project, Project Pluto. Pluto. So thank you, Project Pluto. I'm sorry you're no longer a planet. Oh, well, maybe that's what Project Pluto is about. Like the project is about restoring the planetary status of Pluto. The planethood of Pluto. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, If you give us a review, we will shout you out on the podcast and we will be eternally grateful. You can review us on iTunes uh, and then you can also follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel, Blueberry, Blueberry. I think you're just making things up. No, I'm not. (laughs) These are all podcasting apps. And yes, we are on Blueberry, Stitcher, Satchel, uh, Outcast, Ed, something else too. Um, edu scene. Ed- edu scene. <laughs> no. We are on Edu scene. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I don't even realize where we're listed, and then I Google the name of the podcast, and then these websites come up that I've never heard of. Yep. Yep. You could find us everywhere. Yes, Six Scott. Yes. Why don't you tell me what a song salad is? Well, a song salad is. A random article from the... I, hmm. you That's not to, how we start it. Do you want me to do it? Not sick, Shannon. What's a song salad? <laughs> a song salad is a random genre of music, a random topic from the Wikipedia random article button, and together we write a song about them. Okay, do we have any other business? Bid- I don't know. Business? I'm I'm very happy with our listener growth every week. So thank you if you've recommended our podcast to friends. Uh, I know I've had a couple friends of mine who were like, I had no idea you were doing a podcast, but I found out from another mutual friend of ours you were doing it, and I started listening. So yeah, that's thank you for cool. the word of mouth. And uh, we've noticed our listens increasing every week, so we really appreciate it. Yeah, and the more you share, the more we care about this podcast. The more you share... The, the more, more we, we care. care. And I'm going to do a little jingle. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, um, I did have one other thing. So our friend Alex, uh, who is an experimental physicist, mm. told us that he Professionally, thinks, not just like in his spare time. Yeah. No, no, no. Not a amateur. Um, he said that he thinks that the reason that square and sawtooth waves from our episode last week sound like they do is because they have all possible harmonics. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Does it? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Well, basically, when you have a harmonic uh, on top of an initial pitch, it adds another layer to that pitch that gives it depth and texture. Okay. So like the the sawtooth wave that sounds buzzy, sounds buzzy because you're hearing a lot of different layers of harmonics on top of each other, and it sounds like a texture of sound Cool. because of that. That is cool. Yeah. And that's why the sine wave sounds kind of pure. Yes. Because it's the absence of harmonics. Cool. And a lot of instruments are the same way. So, for instance, um, a clarinet playing a single note sounds very pure and very similar to a sine wave because it doesn't create a lot of harmonics, just like acoustically the way the instrument's built. But a cello playing a low note sounds a little bit buzzy 
because the resonance is creating those harmonics. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. Well, should we get our genre? Yeah, let's get our genre. For this, our 13th episode of Song Salad? Yes. <laughs> Bad luck. Wait, we oh. didn't do that. <laughs> well, we <laughs> that's what the salad spinner sounds like today. We can pretend. It's me going, wait, we didn't do it. <laughs> salad spinner sounds like, like Scott, six Scott forgetting to do a salad spinner sound. Uh, and our genre is... Wait, we didn't... Neo-folk. Neo-folk. <laughs> Neo okay. So it's folk music performed by the the one from The Matrix. Mm -hmm. let's, Sounds let's right. Let's look it up. Neo-folk is a form of folk music-inspired experimental music that emerged from post-industrial music circles. Oh, All right, lots of things we're going to so have to look up there. So many adjectives. It can either be solely acoustic folk music or a blend of acoustic folk instrumentation aided by varieties of accompanying sounds such as pianos, strings, and elements of industrial music and experimental music. Neo-folk musicians often have ties to other genres such as neoclassical and martial industrial. What in the world? Interesting. Is martial industrial? Interesting. I don't know. Oh, but one of the subcategories on Wikipedia is heathenry and occultism. Oh, and... Apocalyptic folk. Folk noir. Interesting. Oh, I have a feeling we're about to look up some weird shit. The term neo-folk originates from esoteric music circles who started using the term in the late 20th century to describe music influenced by musicians such as Douglas Pierce from Death in June, Tony Wakeford from Soul Invictus, and David Tibbet. From current 93, various forms of neo-paganism and occultism play a part in the themes touched upon by many oh modern boy. and original neo-folk artists. Uh, runic alphabets, heathen European sites, and other means of expressing an interest in the ancient and ancestral occurs often in neo-folk music. Ugh. Aesthetically, references to the subject occur within band names, album artwork, clothing, and various other means of artistic expression. This has led to some forefathers of the genre and current artists within the genre, attributing it to being an aspect of a broader neo-pagan revival. Oh, God. So it's taking folk to the extreme. So it's not just about like down-home grassroots, about like the roots of the grass, as in Mother Nature, as in paganism. These are like Ren Fair people. You know what? <laughs> it's a step above wizard rock, and I'm okay with that. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, uh, a majority of artists within the neo-folk genre focus on archaic, cultural, and literary references. Local traditions and indigenous beliefs tend to be portrayed heavily, as well as esoteric and historical topics. So I'll have to keep that in mind when I oh, for sure. write the lyrics. So there are related styles, but we shouldn't venture yeah, no. into those, I don't think. Um, I'm going to look up uh, Death in June and Soul Invictus and Current 93 to find a good example of um, some neo-folk. Cool. Most of what we're finding is from the late 80s, early 90s as like the heyday of neo-soul and also most of it is... Neo-soul? Wait, what is it called? Neo-folk? Neo Sorry. Neo-folk. <laughs> neo-soul would be interesting. <laughs> it is mostly coming from England. And some of the most popular bands are the ones we mentioned, Soul Invictus, Death in June, and... Current 93. Current 93. Uh, here is an example from Soul Invictus called Against the Modern World.
also noticed, as you heard in the example just now, that uh, there's a lot of acoustic guitar and a lot of reverb on the vocal. It sounds like the vocal is very far away. So we'll definitely keep that in mind. And I don't really play guitar, but I have one, and I'm gonna. Cool. Well, it's payback for all the times you make me sing, and I don't really sing. There we go. So we've listened to a couple different examples of neo-folk, and there are a lot of similarities, a couple differences between the bands, of course, and we found that a lot of them have kind of these ethereal intros with sounds, um, not necessarily sounds of nature, but like, uh, you know, one of them had like sort of wind chimes or like very, you know, natural sounding elements to it. Bing bongs. Bing bongs. And uh, speaking of natural, I also looked up uh, neo-paganism. And, you know, it's not really anything different from traditional paganism. It's just people doing it now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, But you know what I keep thinking of? What? In Spinal Tap, when they do the the druid number about (laughs) Stonehenge. Yeah. (laughs) They have the model of Stonehenge that was made to the wrong dimensions. Yeah. And it lowers, and it's like this tiny little thing. Yeah, that's really good. I just want to write, like, a Stonehenge ode. I mean, maybe we'll get Stonehenge. How perfect would that be? It would be awesome. Should we get our topic? Yeah, maybe we should just get our topic. Let's do it. Okay. All right. On Wikipedia. The salad spinner sounds like... I'm clicking it anyway! Oh! Hadoti! Hadoti! Hadoti? Hadoti. Hadoti. Which was once called the Boondi Kingdom, is a region of Rajasthan state in western India. The biggest cities are Baran and Kota. It includes the, the districts of Boondi, Baran, Dwaller, and Kota. And it's bounded on the west by the Mewar, on the northwest by the Amjur regions of the Kajistan. Okay. And on the south by the Maiwa, and the east by the Gurnd and the Rudmajmanpan. Cool. Uh, you got all that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I feel like we might be able to like tap into whatever the prominent religion. I feel like it's probably like Hindu. Probably. Um, which is pantheistic. Yeah. Which uh, paganism also is. Yeah. And then we can like tap into that. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, that's your task. Yeah. The soil is alluvial. Wait, I know what that means. Do you? Yes. Tell it, me. It means that it has parts of like fossilized things in it. If you're right about this. <laughs> loose, unconsolidated soil, which has been eroded, reshaped by water in some form, and redeposited in a non-marine setting. Nope. Made up of a variety of materials, including fine particles of silt and clay and larger particles of sand and gravel. So, uh, so I was wrong. Swing and a miss. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> learning. Did you, did you ever learn about soil types in I, school? You know, we probably did. And I probably went to choir and forgot yeah. about it. <laughs> I remember learning about alluvial soil. Clearly, I didn't remember what it meant. Uh, okay. So I'm going to do some reading and try to find a little hook about Hadouti. Do it. And I'm going to gather some instruments for our neo-folk band. Cool. So, for my neo-folk band, um, in doing a little bit more listening, 
the intros are often uh, a very different style or different sound than the rest of the song. Um, so we're going to do an intro that involves a little bit of acapella vocal um, and some sort of processed bell sounds. There's a lot of like wind chime and bell sounds in different songs. Um, and then I'm going to use acoustic guitar, which I'm going to play myself. You're welcome. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, some drums and bass, just keep it simple. And again, I'm going to make my vocals sound very cavernous and far away. And often there is a female vocalist who just comes in to sing along on some words on the choruses. So I'm going to have you do that, Shannon. Super great. What do you got about Hadoti? Yeah, so I looked up the uh, prominent religion in the Hadoti region, which unsurprisingly was Hinduism. Um, and then when I was scrolling around on the, uh, <laughs> the Hadoti Wikipedia article, there's a whole section that's like bigger than most of the other sections that just calls it a paradise for migratory birds. Well, yeah. so it's like the Key West of migratory birds. It's yeah, it's like it's like bird Florida. <laughs> it's bird Florida. Um, and they actually come from all the way from China and Europe to this region in India. Weird for the winter. Huh. Um, Must so get good deals on Travel Zoo or something. <laughs> yeah, there are lots of all-inclusive bird resorts <laughs> in Hadoti, and they can eat dinner at four o'clock if they want to. There's actually there actually there's a lot of wetlands in Hadoti that. Um, are nice environments for the birds. I bet they love that alluvian soil. Yeah, all that alluvian soil that doesn't have fossilized bits of things <laughs> in it. Who, who doesn't know that? Um, and uh, there's a, actually a huge tourist industry in this region as well. Oh. And bird watchers, birders, uh, flock to this. This flock to this region. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'm gonna go kill myself. You know, we're just winging it here, folks. Oh. But the future's looking bleak. I mean, bleak. No? God, too far? Okay. <laughs> Stop. Stop. I'm going to have to beat you over the head with your guitar. Um, so then I was like, okay, well, this is clearly the most interesting thing about Hadoti <laughs> that we can glean from two minutes of research on the internet. Right. So then I was like, you know what? A religion as uh, populated as Hinduism with deities probably has a bird deity. Oh, it's got to. And they super do. <laughs> Garuda. Uh, so Garuda is a large bird-like creature uh, or a humanoid bird. And it appears both in Hinduism and in Buddhism. Um, and Garuda is the mount of Lord Vishnu. And Vishnu's like one right. of the like, main guys, you know. What does that mean, the mount of Lord Vishnu? It means he rides around on him. Oh, so he's like the shoulder parrot of Vishnu. No, other way around. Vishnu is his shoulder parrot. Oh no, he yeah. okay. He's like Vishnu's um, horse. He's like Vishnu's Falcor. Yes, yes, the luck dragon. <laughs> Not being reductive at all. And uh and yeah, so he's depicted as this giant bird big enough to block out the sun and he has a strong golden man's body with a white <laughs> face, red wings, an eagle's beak and a crown. Um and uh, Garuda is the sworn enemy of the Naga serpent race. Um, that makes and sense. Feeds exclusively on snakes. Um, 
there are a lot of references to Garuda in um, Hindu religious texts. So the Vedas um, provide the earliest reference to Garuda, um, but it was by a different name. Later, the Purana, Puranas, Pur, Puranas um, uh, <coughs> describe the same deity, but call it by a different name. And then the Bhagavad Bhagav, I can never Where say it. Bhagavad Bhagavad the Haganavila? The Bhagavagita? Bhagavad Gita? You know what I yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, this yeah. word. I just like I can hear it in my head and right, then when right. I try to get it from my head out my mouth parts, it it <laughs> like it, it's like whoa <laughs> it doesn't come out. The Bhag the Bhavagita. Wait, I'm gonna do the Okay, how to pronounce it? Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Oh, yep, 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 yep. yep. That's it. Bhagavad Gita. Okay, so cut all the rest of that. (laughs) And then the Bhagavad Gita talks about Garuda in the middle of a battlefield, and Krishna explains his omnipresence by saying that as the son of Vinata, I'm in the form of Garuda, the king of the bird community. Okay. So he's like pretty important and like people would like know who he is if you were like Garuda. So in Hodoti, which is the paradise for migratory birds. B- Bird Florida. Let's assume that Garuda is there keeping watch over his many flocks. Sure. But I just think that this provides good fodder for Oh yeah. A I don't folk, know, like ancient pagan interpretation of a folk song. Sure. Uh, also, uh, dude wears snakes. He wears. He snakes? wears snakes. Like the, that's his. He his eats thing. them and he wears yeah. them. Yeah. So the serpent. I should start wearing my snacks. <laughs> that's a brilliant idea. Like, just what like, if I just had a cheese it necklace, like all the time? Muffin coat. <laughs> yeah. Just, just muffin coat, cheese it oh necklace. Oh my god! Like you never need to stop at the bodega. You just have it. Yeah. Could you do that with like this? This idea copyrighted. We're going TM. on Shark Tank. You can't take it. TM TM TM. Wearable snacks. I mean, there's candy necklaces, but like that's not a snack. That's a treat. You want like a like a granola necklace? Yeah, but like, does it just have to be accessories? Like, I feel like you're thinking small. Well, I mean, you went for like a whole coat already, yeah. the muffin coat. You yeah. could do like uh you could do like a hot dog Henley. A hot dog Henley. Yeah. But then, would you be indecent once you ate it? Well, you'd strategically <laughs> eat your Henley until it became a sleeveless. What if you did a thing where you had, like, potato chip pants? Yeah. And you were like... I They've think- all got to be alliterative. Yes, for sure. And it's going to be cold in the morning, but then it's going to be warm in the afternoon. And you could just eat the bottoms of your pants. So and it's then you like those zip-off pants that I used to have... As a kid, yeah. but you just, instead of zipping them off, you, you eat them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of chips, though. You gotta eat a lot. We're Americans. We're fat. Yeah, we can do it. No one's ever stopped us. Yeah. He's <laughs> wearing snacks. I was trying to think of, like, a good, like, what to call this, like, category of thing. Like, Clothax or Snackalove. 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 Snackaloons? <laughs> you found it. <laughs> but then you only have the pants market cornered. No, no, no. 
know. It'll just be like the one word that stands in for like snackaloons. Snackaloons. Are you wearing your snackaloons today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every Wednesday, brah, I'll get a chance to go home in between mm. work and the gym. So I pack my snackaloons. <laughs> I wear my snackaloons. Got my pudding pop parachute pants. <laughs> They're a little messy, but they're worth it. <laughs> you would leave like a slime trail <laughs> around. You'd be a kid. human slug of you pudding be... pop. Oh my god, that's disgusting! <laughs> you would just have a following of ants and rats and young children. Wait, I didn't get to talk about his what's snake, your point? His snake clothing. Make your point. Uh, so yes, Garuda wore snackaloons. He had <laughs> snakealoons. Snakealoons. <laughs> Uh, so his snake loons were, he wore the serpent a decesha on his left small toenail. Wow. And the serpent gulika on his right cerebral cortex. Very specific. Yeah. The serpent vasuki forms his sacred thread. The cobra takshaka forms the belt on his hip. The snake karkotaka is worn as his necklace. The snakes Padma and Mahapadma are his earrings, and the snake Shankakuda adorns his divine hair. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of snakes. He wears a lot of snakes. He's packing a lot of snakes. He's a fascinating god. <laughs> uh, okay, so I don't have lyrics yet, but I read a bunch of Soul Invictus lyrics. Neo Soul Invictus. Neo Soul Invictus. Um. And their songs don't tend to have, it doesn't seem like a specific form that they all follow. Mm -hmm. They do tend to be repetitive and have simple rhyme patterns, usually couplets. So cool. A, A, B, B, C, C, D, D. That's folky. Yeah. Um, and they do tend to have choruses. Great. So I'll probably just try to write like a little like verse chorus and then we're out. Great. Um, and an intro. Oh, yeah. Just so like I can a, be... An echoey... Floofy. Weird intro. Yeah. A floofy intro. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, Doesn't have to be long. Okay. There's also a lot of, like... I, like, didn't even get to that part of the Wikipedia page before I told you about <laughs> some stuff. Um, Garuda has quite an origin story. So he was born out of an egg. Makes sense. Makes He's sense. a bird. Yes. His mother was the... Uh, mother of birds. Makes sense. And she was married to... The father of birds? No. <laughs> uh, Kashaipa, who was a uh, a sage. And he had two wives, and they were sisters. So the mother of birds, and then this other woman. And he granted them wishes, and the other woman wished for a thousand snakes as sons. Oh. And then... The mother of birds wished for just two sons, but they had to, like, be better than the thousand snake sons. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, the th the they both laid eggs. Um, the thousand snake sons hatched, and then the mother of birds was, like, really impatient, and so she broke open one of the eggs that hadn't hatched yet, and there was a half-formed man in it, and he got mad at her and then cursed her to be her sister's slave for 500 years. The man and the egg? Yeah, her son. Okay. And then he was like, I'm mad at you, mom. Bye. And went to drive the chariot across the 
sky that brings the sunrise. Oh. So he became the deity Aparna. Okay. And Who then, causes the oh, sunrise sorry, not, and set? Not Aparna, Aruna. Aruna. Yes. Um, the red spectacle seen as the sun rises in the morning and the charioteer of the sun. So then she was like, all right, I guess I better wait for the second one so I don't mess it up. And then yeah. after 500 years, Garuna, Garuda was born. 500 years? Yeah. Um, and he was like a man bird person. <laughs> and he was like, don't worry, Ma, I got you back. <laughs> and he flew off and got the elixir of immortality for uh, the snake sons. And but tricked them. Into, there's like a lot of double crossing that happened. Okay. So he was like, how can I, like, what do I have to do for you to let my mom go? And the snake sons were like, you have to bring us the elixir of immortality, which the gods were hoarding. Right. And so he like tricked all the gods traps and got the elixir of immortality. And on his way back, Vishnu was like, hey, what's up? And he was like, oh, shoot. Like, I have this elixir of immortality. But he struck a promise with Vishnu that he would be his mount if he just let him. Ah. Uh give the elixir to the snakes, and then they encountered Indra, Indra, the god of the sky. And he said that if he could give the thing to the serpents, then he would give it back to her, and then she could just, like, swoop down um, and take it away from them, like he would trick them. And then Indra was like, cool, cool, cool. Then the snakes can be your food. And he was like, okay. So, Uh, like, that's how it all went down. It's very confusing. And then he also was... The one that decided, well, you know, not only can the snakes be my food, but they can be my clothing, and that snackaloons were born. Snackaloons were born. Um, some of the snakes that are his clothing are also his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's a it's, this but is not all of them. I don't think, but maybe but they are. I can't tell. Anyway, all serpents in the world are supposed to have descended from these th- thousand serpent. Makes sense. People. Okay. And their tongues are split because when Indra took the elixir of immortality back, she left some drops on the grass and they stuck their tongues out to get the drops and that's why their tongues are split. Okay. Yeah, I Great. don't know. Um good science. Yeah. <laughs> it's a that's really convoluted. I and it would be like a 45 minute song if I tried to write all that. It could happen. So, I'm going to boil that down to like one or two references and then put it in Hadoti in the Migratory bird, Florida. Okay. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I have my beginnings of my folk song. I have a melody that's like a simple folk melody that can be adapted to your whatever lyric structure you come up with. Cool. Um, and a chord structure for a, a verse and chorus. And the intro is not really going to have a chord structure so much as it's just going to be like acapella singing and uh, some ethereal chime sounds. Bing bong. Which will sound like this. I have lyrics. Okay. And I see the first word of your lyrics. I just got this idea. And I'm nervous. That it would be like an advertisement for snake alone. <laughs> but just the first part, just the like intro. Okay, just the intro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's Snake Alunes, Snakes for the Bird God in You by Vishnu. <laughs> I don't know. Like, whatever. It's gonna be out of time uh, and weird. Like as if Vishnu is the Calvin Klein of the Yes, exactly. Oh, you got it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay. So then the uh, verse or whatever is monsoon season in Hadoti. The flocks of birds are many. They come from the world over to winter here together. 
And then the chorus, watch over them, Garuda, here in this bird, Florida. The snakes, I'm sure, are plenty. Adorn yourself with 20. (laughs) (laughs) Watch over them, Garuda, in the wetlands all secluded. Secluda? I don't know. That that works. Whatever. Uh, They live to chirp your glory, the birds here in Hadoti. Nice. I mean, Garuda in Florida is uh, slanty anyway. Garuda, Florida, Garuda, secluded. Secluda. That would be uh, assonance, Garuda and secluded. Uh, Do you feel prepared to sing this? I do. You do? do. Oh, you sound so sad. I do. Well, my voice is going to sound super far away anyway, so it'll be great. Yeah, it's good. Couldn't even understand my voice last time. True. Yeah. So we're par for the course. Yes. Um, Did you think of a title? I mean, obviously snake Aloons is an awesome title, (laughs) but I I think it has to be Bird Florida. Bird Florida? Yeah. Because that is also bringing it back to Hadoti and like the actual subject of the Wikipedia article that we got. Great. Bird Florida. Here it is. For the first time, the neo-folk song Bird Florida by I mean, Shannon, Shannon and Six and Scott. Six Scott. Snake alooms, snacks for the bird god in you by Vishnu. Monsoon season in Hadoti, the flocks of birds are many. They come from the world over to winter here together. Watch over them, Garuda, here in this bird Florida. The snakes, I'm sure, are plenty. Adorn yourself with twenty. Watch over them, Garuda. I don't know what we created. Yeah. But I don't think it was a neo folk song. No. <laughs> and you know what? Failure's okay. Yeah. Failure. It's our 13th episode. We were doomed from the start. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't think it was a neo folk song, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was super weird. It was really weird. And different for us. And you know what? That's why we started this in the first place was to write random music. Yes. So. I also feel like. I don't know. Do we give people the impression that we're, like, actually doing things correctly? Like, I don't think that should be people's takeaway from this. But that's, like, what we always set out to achieve in the beginning is, like, oh, we're going to recreate this style. And this week we (laughs) utterly failed. (laughs) Completely. We're like, oh, there's a guitar and my voice is echoey. We're done. Yep. (laughs) But snake aloons, though. Snake aloons really threw everything to the left. <laughs> like, yeah, but we like, you had to go, once you invented snake aloons, well, yeah. we, ha- we had to well, pursue it. Well, first snack and then snake aloons. TM, TM, TM. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was our salad, our weird snack aloon salad today. Snack size. Snack aloon size salad. 
Salada loons. Salada loons. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Wow. Until next week. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Song Salad Cast. Rate and Find review. us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Purse, whatever. The, Satchel, <laughs> <not> whatever. Purse. <laughs> raspberry. Man bag. <laughs> Wait, oh, is it raspberry? No, it's blueberry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember what berry it was. <laughs> Boysenberry. Until next week. I'm Shannon. And I'm Scott. And together, we're Shannon and Scott.